0: welcome everyone to the next episode of the send dog nutrition podcast you're with your host brian today and we have our very special guest dr lena again and we're going to talk about what puppy will suit you and the breed that will suit your lifestyle and also your family life and the time it might take to look after them to the best of your ability and dr lena has had extensive experience in looking at all the different breeds. And what we'll do is we'll go over each scenario and see which one and give you ideas on what will be best suited to you. So how are you Dr. Lena?
1: Thank you, Brian. I'm glad to be here.
0: That's good. And um, yeah, we're, we've had a good morning of education and and what we're trying to do is help dog owners or prospective puppy owners in this instance, choose the right breed of dog or the right dog. And this will all start with the actual breeders themselves
1: yes definitely so um, brian when you look at a good breeder when you look at good breeders right so we we have chosen a puppy um, a breed and we're looking for a good breeder you want to look for a few things so the first red flag for me if you look for breeders that we've got more than one breed they're breeding you can have the odd ones that might have two different breeds but as soon as you have more than two breeds in the in that breeder then I wouldn't go there, because mostly it's these puppies are produced and don't get me wrong, I don't think it's a bad thing to produce puppies for money, but you need to do it responsibly. So that's one of your red flags, more than one or two breeds. The other thing is, do the puppies have health checks Um, and do the parents have health checks? So a lot of the breeds nowadays will be checked they'll be x-rayed they'll have genetic testing, they'll have their eyes tested, they'll have um, all sorts, say in Dalmatians for example, the puppies when they're small they get tested whether they can hear or not. So mm. they put get put on a general anaesthetic and then they'll test whether or not they can hear. Um, in Australian shepherds they will test their eyes and have a look at whether the eyes develop normally because they can have hereditary um, eye problems and all this sort of stuff is quite important because you want to make sure you get the best genetic potential so the breeder only breeds with healthy parents but you also want to make sure that the puppy you get then is healthy and is checked for all the things that it can be checked for so that's definitely something you want to look for and then when you go to the breeder you want to visit you want to be allowed to visit you want to be allowed to touch the puppies Um, maybe not at three days old but most breeders um, are very happy once the puppies start moving around so it's um, about four weeks that you're allowed to be there and actually start to establish a bond with your puppy and visit more than once. And if you have a dog trainer you're working with or a dog behaviorist, take them with you and make sure that you choose a dog that's right for you in energy levels and in trainability, because you can already see these traits in puppies and they do the what's called puppy testing and they'll test them for certain traits. And you know, whether they, are really outgoing or whether they're really timid and all this sort of stuff plays a big role um, in the future of what the dog is used to so if you have three or four kids and the dog's really timid it might not be the right dog for you but if it's a nice outgoing happy dog you know it doesn't vary about much then that might be the right dog for family but if you have you know a really quiet life and you don't actually want that much outgoing you might probably choose timid dog because you can actually accommodate for that better.
0: Yeah, well, so it's a really important aspect to get that trusted breeder first and then looking at the behavior of the certain dog as as you outline. they're all individuals and we need to see what's best suited to the environment that they're going to come into.
1: If the breeders are experienced, they will also know their puppies and they will know which dog will be suitable for. They will ask you all the questions and what you want to use a dog for. And, but before we even choose a breeder, we need to choose a breed first. And this is one of the biggest things. Please, please don't buy a dog just because you think it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: are cute. <laughs> oh, they're
1: all cute. And, and trust me, even when they're puppy said, they're, just, they're so cute. And all of them are cute. Mm. But when you look for a breed that suits your lifestyle, be honest with yourself. How much time can you dedicate to your dog? What do you want to use a dog for? So is it a pet um, that you take for walks maybe once or twice a day? Is it a sports dog that you want to do agility? Or um, do you want a companion for the kids? Do you need a service dog? Do you, you know, whatever you want to do with your dog, make sure you are honest with yourself and how much time you can really dedicate, not how much time you would like to spend with your dog, but how much time you, realistically can spend with your dog on an everyday basis. And then look from there because if you want, you think um, Kelpies are really cute or Australian Shepherds or Border Collies, just to name a few of the herding breeds, these dogs are bred to work all day. And if you think that one or two walks a day is gonna satisfy the needs of that dog, it's not. I can guarantee you. These dogs are most likely then gonna create their own entertainment, which is going to be fence running, barking, digging, destroying your furniture, eating your shoes, opening fridges. They are really smart dogs and they will find their own entertainment. So these dogs then get rehomed because something didn't work out and the dogs created these bad habits because it needs entertainment. But it's just because we didn't meet its needs. So it's not really the dog's fault. Or if you get a cattle dog, they are not called healers for no reason so they are um, bred to go at the heels on cattle
0: Mm,
1: and if they don't have that kind of work they will start to go for heels in humans and they will bite because eventually so you know because they get more and more frustrated and they're quite hard dogs because they they used to you know do um master cattle and stuff so they're really quite tough dogs and if you lock them in a backyard in suburbia they are going to jump your six foot fence and they're going to chase a push bike a rider that goes past or the skateboarder or the walker and they can also get quite dog aggressive so it's not that it's a bad breed it's just that it might it's in a bad environment for that breed but then when you look at other dogs you know you want to look at um, say uh, if you want a smaller dog like a Maltese These dogs are bred for nothing else but to be pretty and to sit in your lap, basically. So this is a really good breed to have as just a pet and they don't need huge extensive walks. They are quite happy just to be at home. But we have the other example, if you look at a Yorkshire Terrier. Yes, they're very cute, but they are ratters. They are bred to um, catch rats. So they, being a Terrier, they're also quite yappy little dogs. They're quite intense. Mm. So, that's a dog that needs a little bit more entertainment, it needs a bit more walks, it needs a bit more, it's not just a lap dog. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, you know, when you read up on the, you look at a breed that you like size-wise, so make sure you get the right size of dog. If you are, say, a 50 kilo lightweight and you get a 70 kilo dog, you need to be able to train it and to hold it. And if you can't do that, don't get a dog like that. but on the other hand, if you can't exercise a dog, then don't get a dog that needs a lot of exercise because that will make, in the end, if you get the right breed for you and then find the right puppy, it'll make your life easier, but it'll also make both of you happy. And mm. what's the point of having a dog? You want to have fun with it, right? You want to have the companionship and the, and the connection and, you know, do stuff with it. But if it's not the right dog, then it gets really frustrating and it doesn't always have to end up in the dog biting somebody but you know just a dog constantly barking or eating your shoes or digging up the backyard is really annoying mm. or they you know end up with separation anxiety so they howl all afterno- afternoon while you're at work and then the neighbors complain and then the dog needs to be rehomed and it's really hard once these bad habits are established so if you choose the right breed from the get-go it's much more likely that you'll have a very happy, successful outcome with it. And um, you just have fun with your dog.
0: They're they're really good points, Lena. I'm even more confident in choosing a a dog now after (laughs) you outlining it. And funny you say about the Blue Heelers, I grew up on acreage in Birkengary, Queensland as a little young fella and we had a Blue Heeler. And yeah, she liked nipping at the heels of us. That's what they're bred for. And, and we would always go the long way around her because um, that's what she was. But we were on acreage, she could run. She was really active to a point in her life. And back then, I don't think there was the as big a focus on nutrition. I know we could have done better by her, but we were only given that sort of information at the time. But with breed-specific, acreage for acreage, those working dog breeds are more suited.
1: It depends. So again, if you have acreage and you have say 200 acres, but you want a dog that protects your yard and you only want it to be in the house yard and you don't want it, you know, to be outside the house yard and go for a run, then you might look at a Rottweiler or um, something that's more bred for protection or bull master for something that's not as active and that is actually happy just to hang out in the house yard. Yeah, yeah. And if you want something that, is going to chase your sheep yes then you might want a kelpie or water collie or something like that Um, even a lot of german shepherds are used as guard dogs and yes they are bred as guard dogs but they are also very high drive dogs so they need a bit more entertainment than say a rottweiler so because when you look at them where they're used if it's a good really good line they're used for either um, we've got some that are used for assistance dogs or the police force or the military yeah. these dogs are pretty bloody tough mm. so you know they'll jump out of planes and they'll they'll protect their owners or they'll chase a um, baddie or whatever they do so mm. they're tough dogs they can't they won't be happy just in a in a house yard so you want to say just because you've got acreage doesn't mean that you need a an active dog Only you know just the same thing if you live in suburbia but you have a really active lifestyle and you run 20 Ks a day because you're training for a half marathon and um, you want a dog that comes running with you and you then you want to go to obedience training and you want to do agility, you might want a kelpie, or you might want an Aussie Shepherd, or you might want a border collie or something that's got a bit more oomph in it and actually can keep up with you because the rod wheeler is gonna go after maybe five K's, yeah. Thanks. I had enough. I'm going home now. And um, at the agility he might go, yeah, no, thank think you he might do a bit of agility but he won't be the high-performance dog that you're after so you know it's just or when you look at say family with kids when you look at kids um usually you have different ages in the household so you might have a toddler and then you might have um a kindergarten kid or then maybe a school kid so different ages and what do toddlers do they grab onto the dog to try and learn to walk my toddler does yep and what kind of dog do you need for that? You need a dog that's really patient and you need a dog that is quiet but that can cope with all this input. So you might want to look at a Golden Tree or Labrador because they are more, um, they're calmer, they're more tolerant. So tolerance is, um, and don't get me wrong, I don't mind staffies at all. I think they're wonderful dogs and they're wonderful family dogs, but they have a very low bite inhibition so if they do bite they usually bite really hard and the outcome is usually really bad so if you haven't got experience with that and say you're a first time dog owner and you're looking for a puppy and with that grows up with your kids you might not want to look at a dog like that you might want to look at a dog you know a golden river if he bites usually gives a bit of a nip Mm. and a warning Mm. and doesn't break the skin. They can, don't get me wrong, they can all bite. And I always think little kids are never to be left alone with dogs because something can always happen. But it's less likely to happen with one of these breeds like the Red Ravers than it is with something that's got a lower tolerance for just a lower bite inhibition. And it's just something to bear in mind when you look at these things. The Tip, I always say to people is look what they're bred for. Just because an Akita Inu looks really pretty, they're really pretty Mm -hmm. dogs. Yeah. They are not very suited to be pet dogs though, because what are they bred for? They're fighting, um, fighting dogs. So in Japan, they were used as fighting and hunting dogs. They're quite full on. And now we want to go and walk in the dog park and tell them to get on with everybody from little Jack Russell that jumps up and pulls on the ears. To you know, a big boofhead massive that runs into it, it's not gonna to tolerate that. It's gonna to start to show aggression, which is just what the breed is bred for. So just look into the breed, yeah. make sure that's what you want, say um, a German short haired pointer, beautiful dogs, really nice, but in a pet environment, absolutely unsuitable. <laughs> because they're just, you know, they're bred for hunting. So what are they going to do? You let them off the lead, they're going to be gone. They're going to hunt the kangaroo and probably catch it too, because they're so fast. And the rabbit and the squirrel and the bird, and you know they're just going to go off and do their own thing. Because if they're bred to work independently, they are going to work independently. And the same with, I see a lot of people wanting maramas. Mm, yeah. Maramas are absolutely beautiful dogs. And again, absolutely unsuitable as pet dogs, because what are they bred for? sheep protection so stock protection dogs so they will live with their sheep or whatever they protect llamas or whatever Mm. chickens and they will live with them and they'll protect them so they are bred to work independently so you might be able to train them to sit but if they decide that's not in their best interest they're not going to sit they're just going to go off and do their own thing and because they're protected protective dogs if you just have them in a little backyard they're going to find something they're going to protect and they can get quite aggressive again so it's you know one of those things just make sure that it's suitable for the lifestyle and be honest with yourself don't fool yourself and going oh yeah i'm going to spend five hours a day even though i work eight hours a day and then i've got three kids and i'm going to you know run off to school and do all this it's just be honest because it's more likely that it's a happy outcome for both you and the dog.
0: And it really highlights the fact that it's not like that nursery rhyme, how much is that doggy in the window? You shouldn't just see the dog in a pet store window or somewhere and go, I'm gonna buy it without thinking. And people do that. They they bring him home because the last thing we want to do is have them end up in a shelter. And when you go through those points and analyzing and being honest with your time and even taking the worst case scenario and how that dog will cope if you are restricted in the hours and that it's for the betterment of their lives. That's a really good overview of all those different breed types and even discussing in the office just before with Peter and Evelina that their dog, I think it had three breeds in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, three different breeds and quite full on. So you have, um, if you have, there was a Ridgeback, what a Ridgeback is bred for? They are dogs um, that are bred to hunt lions in, a, in Africa. They are tough dogs, again, you know, very hardy breed and making independent decisions. Then you had, um, I think, a mastiff in mm-hmm. there. Again, what's a dog bred for? It's protection and it's hunting. So big dogs, too. And um, I think the third one was a staffy or something. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, breeds, and that's the other thing. Um, I, absolutely, I own a rescue dog as well. Um, he's from the RSPCA. He's a Kelpie cross, and I love the thought of you know giving a dog a second chance. And I think it's a really good idea if you um, can find the right dog. So even you know if it's a dog that's a year or two years old, if it suits what you want to do. So there's you know a lot of um, second chances or breed specific rescues as well. So you know there'll be an Australian Shepherd rescue or whatever. So if you want a certain breed, you can look up in these rescues too and see if there's something that would suit you. But make sure that some of the, not all of them, but some of these dogs will have some behavior problems that you are able to cope with them and that you have the skills or have somebody in your team that has the skills to help you out with them. And maybe um, one of the best things, if you're not hundred percent sure and you, maybe it's your first dog or you're just not so sure it's the first time you have this breed, ask your dog trainer in in the area or dog behaviorist to come with you and choose a dog with you, whether it's a puppy from a breeder or whether it's a pound dog, to come and assess certain traits because they have a good eye for certain traits in the dogs that might cause you dramas because they'll ask you about your lifestyle and what you want and what your experience is. And certain things that you see, you don't think, oh yeah, that's you know not going to be a problem, but it might be a huge problem down the track. Mm-hmm. And they will already see that because they have all that experience because they see so many dogs. And you might have you know in your life you might have had three or four dogs, and they see like eight dogs a day. Mm-hmm. So there's a different level of experience there. So it's it's really quite a good idea to I think just to ask. Um, I When I chose my second dog, um, Bear, I did talk to a friend of mine who is a dog behaviourist and just bounce certain things off her just to make sure that I am on the right track. And, um, you yeah. know, just have a, have a conversation. Ask people for advice that understand what they're talking about. Even your vet, um, because it's just so important. And then once you chose a dog, make sure, and this is the biggest thing in dogs, make sure you feed it right. Yeah. The dry food from Aldi is not going to cut it.
0: Yeah, woolies <laughs> or, <wallies> or coals.
1: <laughs> well, yes, for example, but because it's it's so important, nutrition is just the most important thing, and make sure that what the breeder feeds, then you you know you can take that home with you, so you don't have to. Usually, a good breeder will give you some some food to take home, and most breeders that are really good nowadays don't feed the puppies kibble or only feed limited kibble so maybe a little bit of kibble and a bit of fresh just to be able to if the people who take the puppies want to keep feeding kibble that's already used to a little bit but they also have fresh meat or fresh food with it so it's so important to have a good diet then but that's down the track but just choosing the right dog and make sure you yeah just choose a breed right be honest with yourself the commitment the time you've got and then ask somebody who knows and talk to the breeders. You, you'll get a feel for it if they are actually genuine and they are good people. If they breed more than two breeds, stay away from them. If they say they don't need x-rays because their experience is so great and they don't need to do that because they know their dogs, stay away from them. I can guarantee to you there's gonna be health issues. If they don't test properly, because a lot of this what's called so-called line breeding is very close related breeding and it can lead to a lot of health issues. So you really wanna make sure these dogs are genetically up to speed and they're x-rayed and tested. It's, um, the puppies usually not x-rayed, it's the uh, parents that are x-rayed, but you can do certain tests in the puppies, like the eyes or the ears and stuff like that, that are necessary. And you can just look that up on the internet, what tests are necessary for that breed.
0: Yeah, the excellent points, Dr. Lena. It is that building blocks and that start to life. So, taking the time to, to plan the breed, plan even the nutrition that you're going to set them up with is so so important. I think the the final thing is we do have a lot of the greyhound adoption clients um, that feed our feeds. Do you have a view of where they stand in sort of is it a lot of them that we see it on video in apartments and that go for walks? How how active are they, as a lot of them have being on the track chasing a, a fake bunny. Um, what's your experience with those?
1: So greyhounds are actually great family pets um, mm-hmm. because they're quite gentle usually. They can sometimes be a little bit aggressive towards other dogs, but a lot of them are really quite social or just ignore other dogs. And interestingly enough, they don't need a lot of exercise. <laughs> so they're sighthounds, which mm-hmm. means they hunt As you said, on the track, they chase rabbits or stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, fake rabbits. Mm -hmm. Um, They will um, chase things when they see them. So their dog, you probably won't be able to let off lead if you want to ever see it again. Um, (laughs) But they're happy with just running around the backyard and going for a little walk. And, you know, yes, they need that. They have this burst of energy and they sprint. And then they're done and they sleep for the rest of the day. So they're actually quite good family pets. One of the things that they do have is very thin skin and very short hair, so you need to keep them warm in winter because mm-hmm. they they do get cold.
0: Yeah, it's a nice little shopping for a, a rug or jumper. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Um, but no, they they make a quite nice family dogs actually.
0: Well, that's good to hear. My, my wife will be happy with that because she's looking at, at even the Italian variety, mm-hmm. the Italian Greyhounds, but. If you can, there's a lot of those greyhound adoption programs that, that give them a, a, a second, percent. yeah, a second life after their racing career, and yep. also if they're in the care or they're being returned to a shelter or that, that's, that's another way. But yeah, this has been this has been fascinating, uh, Dr. Lena. We've we've got a lot of friends and and even staff members here that, that want to get a puppy, and um, I think you've just put the handbrake on their thinking <laughs> and, <laughs> to have a, a, a better overall view of their lifestyle first and then the, the make a short list of the breeds, but then cross-check.
1: Yeah, and really do your research yeah. on the breeds. If you want a specific breed, do your research. If you want a mixed breed dog, um, so you get a shelter dog, if you, you know, they will tell you, oh, it's probably a mix of, I don't know, bull, Arab cross, something or other. Make sure you research the breed and what are they bred for? What is their behavior gonna be? Because, if it's a dog that is, go, you know, used for protection, it's going to protect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and And as you said, trusted breeder, get to know a lot of people yeah. in sort of those breed industries. Know, I think the internet is great for just seeing what the transparency is with some breeders, getting feedback from others. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just gathering heaps of data and making an educated decision. Yeah. And then hopefully that dog will definitely suit your lifestyle and, and the time. So. Thanks very much today, Dr. Lena, for this this nice discussion on the breeds. And if you do have a friend that's looking for a puppy, be sure to share this podcast with them. Yeah. Uh, reach out to us on social media. The Send Natural Dog Nutrition Group is a hive of activity, people showing their results on the Send products. I was at a coffee shop on the weekend and someone said to me, Oh, there's a shiny dog there. Is that on Send? And it was on Send. Mm-hmm. And we were like... There we go. So yeah, it's if you need help with your nutrition, just reach out. If you've got any topics that you'd like Dr. Lena to cover off on and that we can deep dive and have a nice general discussion to give dog owners ideas, just reach out through the various channels, the website, social media, even our SEND office number. Um, That's about it, Dr. Lena, Thank you again.
1: Thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me.
0: Cheers, thanks. Have a good week, everyone.